I want to speak to you for a few moments this morning. And as you know, we're talking about Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday is, is a, was one of those wonderful events that took place in Scripture in, in Jesus' time when he entered the city. One of the most famous phrases in the New Testament, it talks about fixing our eyes upon the Lord. Fixing our eyes upon the Lord. The idea comes from a pair of, of, of passages in Scripture. And in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 says, let us fix our eyes upon Jesus. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1 says, fix your thoughts upon Jesus. In other words, the importance of us of fixing our eyes, fixing our thoughts upon the Lord, fixing our, our you know, I mean, it's very easy today to be distracted by so many things. So many, it's so easy today to be bombarded in many areas of our life that, that derailed us from what's really important in life. So here the scriptures are important in Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1 that that phrase used to use as the same use as the day when Jonah watched for the destruction of Nineveh. After all he had been through, Jonah was completely convinced of a coming disaster. Though that this, this destruction never came, Jonah was glued on the scene that it was going to come. You know, and, and, and how many know that how many of you remember the war war or, or I mean the, the Iraq war or, or even 9-11 um, uh, and so many other events that have taken place that it, it have glued us to the television that we fixed our eyes on the news because something was happening. This is kind of like the same scene and in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 the phrase is the same use of spies who would search out a target in a foreign land and find it. Think of the reality of that. Every physical sense would have been on the edge. They, they could have heard the slightest noise, smell every scent, seen the slightest movement, and live, live on the edge of the next adrenaline rush. That's an intense focus. And the Bible says we're to have that kind of focus on the Lord. Think about how in your life, things that you have concentrated on, things that you have pour all your energy and you're focusing on that thing. This is exactly what the scripture is challenging us today that, that we got to let, let us fix our eyes upon the Lord. Fix your thoughts upon Jesus. You know, and, and, and we need to get back to that area of our life that we concentrate and, 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 we, and we put priorities and focus once again in, in, in the Lord in the things of God. You know, it's very easy for us to get distracted, very easy for us to get sidetracked on all the things that are happening. Back in the early, early times, in the 1859, there was a man that called himself an emperor. And he thought he was a, an emperor of, of that area. And he, and he thought all of this stuff, you know, he called himself the emperor of the United States. And back in the, back in the 1800s, and, and he thought he was all that and then some. But the reality is that when you know people thought he was just a joke, they would laugh at him. He, this emperor, he think he's just a fantasy of him, his mind, and people will laugh at him, make fun of him. But on the day he actually died, uh, more than ten thousand people, curious people, uh, attended his funeral. Think about it, and, and he was just pretending to be an emperor. But over ten thousand people show up for his funeral. You know what? But, but here the reality is, but 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 make no mistake about this. You know, even though when he died, he thought he was an, an emperor of, of the United States in government, but just to realize that he was nobody. You know what? That we, when he entered into the pits of hell, because 
he, 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 he had no relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, he, he learned to realize that there was somebody else who's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You know what? That he, the Lord of Lords is coming. Jesus is coming. And, and, and as we laid the foundation down this morning about the, the coming of the Lord. You see, there was a day when Jesus looked something like an early, early king. The crowd welcomed Jesus to, to Jerusalem with, with practice reserved only for royalty. Now, once you lay the foundation where I'm going here, as, there, as Jesus was entering, the people, they spread their cloths on the ground and, and waved political charges, palms, branches in the air. They sing songs of praise to Jesus as majestically entering the city. And they were all full, expect, full of expectations that political and military change was only a miracle away. See, we may not recognize the palm branch as a political symbol, but in the Middle East, certainly does. Today, in modern Israelite currency, pose a palm branch. In the book of Matthew, Chapter 21, verse 6 through 16. We're going to read that this morning. It says, So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded. They brought the donkey and the coat, laid their clothes on them, and set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitude who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? So the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. I want to speak to you for a moment on this about fixing your eyes upon the king of kings and not on yourself. Fixing your eyes upon the king of kings and not on ourselves. The people singing Hosanna to Jesus knew they have their man. They welcomed Jesus like a rising military or political figure and offer him their adoration. But when people were asked who was who Jesus was, they missed the mark. They missed the mark because they said that he is a prophet from Nazareth, they say. In other words, they were literally walking with a son of God who had come to save the world, and they were not even aware of it. They, they missed the mark because while they were fixing themselves, they were fixing on somebody who can come and fix our problems. They were fixing their eyes on somebody who can overturn the Roman Empire, but they forgot that they were walking with the Son of God. They, 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 their eyes were fixed on themselves, and then instead of fixing their eyes on the Lord, they only what was benefit to them. Let's suppose, I had the privilege many years ago, but let's suppose the President of the United States walk, comes into a city, there's no question that you know that was the president showing up. Years ago, I had the privilege to see George W. Bush at Southeastern University. They were doing a forum conference, and, and President Bush was there. Man, 
you could not help to realize that somebody important have show up. For miles, they have blocked the roads. For miles, you can see SWAT teams and helicopters and secret service everywhere. They have blocked roads for miles from the university. You couldn't get past there unless you had a, a, a permit or you had a ticket, reservations to enter the property. In other words, there was no question in your mind that somebody important have arrived at that location. Just by the environment around it, you could not help but to believe that somebody is there. Somebody more important than me, obviously. The Son of God arrived for the crucial event of all history. And the people got the introduction all wrong. Why? They had their eyes fixed on themselves, not on Jesus. They, they had it all wrong. Here he is coming. They're welcoming him, but, but their motive, their attitude, their hearts was not where it was supposed to be. It was, it was in the wrong place. Well, they were tired of being ruled by the Romans, and, and Jesus appeared to, to be their ticket out of occupation. Some were tired of the disability or the disease. They, they, they saw Jesus as a miracle-working machine who would make life easier. Some were hungry, and they didn't they hear that Jesus could stretch food to miraculous proportions. They've heard all of this. Very few of the people coming down the mountain that day had any idea that God was working his greatest act of love right in front of their eyes. And amazingly, it's still possible to miss Jesus because they're focusing on the wrong thing. And it happens even to us today. If people wait until a crisis to find religion, it rarely sticks. If you waiting until a crisis comes into your life to find religion, it will, it will rarely sticks. People in prison or heading to prison may see Jesus as their way of miraculous release. People surprised by serious illness might look to Jesus as a miraculous cure. People on the verge of a relationship crisis might see Jesus as the ultimate psychologist. You see, because we only look upon the Lord when it's convenient for us, when we need something. But the reality is that we need to look upon Jesus when I'm on, a, on the mountaintop or I'm in the valley. It doesn't matter where I'm at. It doesn't matter my condition. I'm following. I'm keeping my eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ no matter what I've been through or what I'm going through. Listen, make no mistake about it. Millions of people alive right now who have followed Jesus have reported many miraculous events. Jesus is still in the miracle working, disease healing, relationship melding business. But if that's all Jesus is seen for, we're missing it. If it's all that we see Jesus a cure, a quick fix of whopper in our life, my friend, we're missing the point of who Christ and who Jesus Christ is. When the crisis is over, Jesus won't be needed. He can be discarded as quickly as the crowd around Jesus discarded him in the days following Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday, they were celebrating him, and a week later, kill him. Have you ever been there? 
people love you and like you as long as you're giving what they need. As long as you're satisfied in their hunger and their thirst and their needs. They're, they're your best friend. They love you. You don't believe me? Go Remember in high school when you had a car, you had a lot of friends? Jesus entered Jerusalem with a fixed purpose of an amazing plan. Despite the fact that the crowd didn't understand the plan, he stayed true to the course, never wavered from his goal. His eyes never left the target. Jesus stayed focused to the end. The purpose-driven life. Some of you remember that book many years ago, have sold millions of copies and transformed millions of, of people and churches across the world. Naturally, most people want to know, what is my purpose? How can I be more fulfilled? What a shock to open the best-selling book and read the first sentence that says, it's not about you. You want to find your purpose in life. You find you want to find purpose for your church. You want you want to find purpose. You know what? The book, the first sentence, it says it's not about you. It is not about you. Though Jesus is intently interested in you and loves you more than can be described. He's the King of Kings, and He's the Lord of Lords, and He's worthy of our worship. We have been created to worship Him, not the other way around. We're, we're created, we are designed, we are, we are purposely created to worship Him and, and magnify God and, and magnify the Lord. You want to find purpose in your life, turn your life to the Lord. Worship the Lord. And, and when you find that you have you following Jesus Christ, Everything else will follow. Everything will fall in place. But if you put Jesus Christ first, not only when it's convenient, not only when things are not working out the way you want it, but, for, but you're faithful to God. See, the King of Kings wants you to be in his royal circle. There's an old story of the boy who stood in the, on a sidewalk waiting on a bus. Listen to this. A man walking by spotted the boy and gave him some gentle instructions. Son, he said, if you're waiting for the bus, you need to move to the, to the street corner. That's where the bus stops for passengers. It's okay, the boy said. I'm just wait right here and the bus will stop for me. The man repeated his argument, but the boy never moved. Just then, the bus appeared amazingly. The bus pulled over to where the boy stood, and the child hopped on. The man on the sidewalk stood speechless. The boy turned around in his doorway and said, Mister, I know the bus, the bus will stop here because the bus driver is my dad. You got a family relationship with the bus driver. You don't need to, you don't need a bus stop. Because wherever you are, the bus will come to you. When you have a relationship, 
If you are the mother of the U.S. senator, you want an appointment to slip into her office. If you're giving your heart to the king of kings, you're in the royal family of an unspeakable proportions. Listen, you belong to the family of the king of kings and the lord of lords. You are not just nobody. You are somebody in the kingdom of God. And wherever you are this morning, the Lord comes to your rescue where you're at. Because you have a relationship with a living God. A relationship with a living God changes everything. Our relationship with the living God changes things. It's, 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 let's suppose Miss Carradine breaks down on I-4. She has a blowout tire. And she calls Pastor Carlos. I'm going to say, well, Miss Carradine, let me see if I can get a hold of Ron for you. Oh, oh, oh I said, let me call Trip Wave for you. Let me pray about it. Let me finish my lunch first, and then I'll, I'll see if I can come help you change that tire. But if my wife calls, if my wife breaks down on the side of the road on I-4 and she calls, there ain't nothing to think about. Lunch can wait. You know what I'm talking about. In other words, you have a relationship. And when you have a relationship, you expect results. And when you have a relationship with a living God. Oh. You see, the purpose of this triumphant arrival for Jesus was to provide salvation for sinners. As the king of kings, Jesus was sharply focused on, on enlarging his royal family. In fact, you and I were the target of his purpose. We were the target of that purpose on his life. We were the purpose of his life. That's the reason he came. The one thing keeping us away from this incredible family relationship, however, was sin. The Bible says, after all, all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. If not for a rescuer, we will be without hope. For the results of our sinful choices leads to death. Romans 6.23. Jesus came as, as that rescue, as a savior, and he wasted no time to communicate his message to us. When he went to the temple, a beautiful building that represents the presence of God, Jesus made, it, made room for the people who have not been allowed near the building for years. On Palm Sunday, he arrived that day, and, 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 and the temple was beautiful it was. But it was, it was excluded only for certain kind and certain people. In other words, the, 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 the house of God, it was only limited for the few. Nothing is wasted in the Bible. The temple even is perfect example of how sin had separated us from God, from the, from the perspective. The temple was, a, it was, it was taken over by fences and fiery lines of do not enter signs. It was all around the temple. Inside the heart of the temple was the Holy of Holies. Only the man could enter that room. And he could only do so on one day of the year. The people who couldn't enter there, there include every man, woman, boy, and girl in the world. And all but one of, one of the priests was allowed to enter. In the Holy of Holies, the nearest room to the center place, only the chosen priest could enter. 
Again, everyone not in the priesthood would never think of being allowed in that place. Easily one of the most beautiful places in the world. And the rest of the temple, Jewish men were welcome. But Jewish women were confined in the area of observation. All other race and nationalities were forbidden inside the temple. And there were no children there either. The large courtyard outside the temple building was the Jewish people only. But no one unclean could be there. Thereby ruling out any appearance of people with disease or disabilities. Non-Jewish people could come near the courtyard but no further than the divided fences. They could see the business of religion from the distance, but they could not be part of the process. Listen to what I'm saying. Children, too, were ex excluded from the courtyard. For the, for, the peop for the person who ventured near the temple area only to be restricted from further entering, there would be no place, no peace and quiet. The merchants were trading fast and furious at the closing possible point. They made deals with people needing a sacrifice for worship. They made quick profit from the currency of exchange rates. The animals they held nearly made noise and created an unpleasant odor. The entire business created a den of noise in an atmosphere quite contrary to worship. The area near the merchants were certainly no place of prayer. But when Jesus arrived on Palm Sunday, all the exchange, all that changed for that day. He expelled the money exchangers and sellers of animals and suddenly things were quieter. The sound of animals and the smell of animals were gone. As Jesus healed those who, who were looking for miracles, the children came too. Song broke out and people praised God who have healed them, and they praise the men who have invited them to the temple for worship. Ironically, while children and adults sing the best songs of praise the temple have heard in years, the religious leaders protested to arrive of those who sang the songs, and especially the focus of those songs. The point Jesus made sure be very important to all of us. If you have ever felt left out of something as lofty as the presence of God, feel that way no more in your life. If you ever felt the unworthy of joining the worship worshipers, join them now. For Jesus went after the lowest and the least and those who nobody wants. He reached out and touched those and healed those that were forbidden to come into the temple and open the door for everybody. Aren't you glad that this morning, that no matter where you've been, that no matter where you come from, no matter where you've been through, that you have a place in the kingdom of God. Jesus has opened up the door. He has opened up the heart for all of us this morning. My last point in closing is this. Jesus, since Jesus is the king of kings, he deserves your ultimate attention and devotion. Man, that is so important. Years ago, we had the opportunity to, to take our youth ministry to North Carolina, down, down Nanahela River, water rafting. 
That's the place that we almost lost Pastor Darrell. I'll talk about it another time. We had never been in such an adventure. The, the, the river seemed to be fairly shallow. It, it seemed to be homeless. Our guide was a young woman from California, Santan and lean and, and a good communicator. He told us how to maneuver the raft and, and, and spent several minutes teaching us to work together as a unit, pedaling, rowing, and the listening for her voice. In time to push away from the quiet area where we have been practicing, and we raced over the first series of rapids. It was an exhilarating experience, and we enjoyed the ride. It was wonderful. Unfortunately, we we appear to forgot all the instructions, and following none of our none of her our guides' commands. When we came to the next quiet area, our, our, our guide pulled us over to the riverbank and looked us square in the eyes and looked, listen, you have to listen to my commands. You have to pay attention to what I'm telling y'all. And of course, after that, we maneuver a couple rapids and water. And we pay attention to us telling, pedal to the right, pedal to the left. The left pedal, don't pedal. And she was telling us what to do. And we got through those rapids and those waters okay. Because why? Because we had to pay attention. You don't pay attention to the word of God. You don't pay attention to the things that God is speaking to us. Guess what? We'll miss the point. We miss the point. We lose it. Hebrews chapter 2 one says we must pay more careful attention therefore to what we have heard so that we do not drift away and how many people have drifted away how many people have, have we have lost listen to me please said, for is the message spoken by angels was binding and every valuation disobedience received it just punishment how should we escape if we ignore such great salvation? In other words, the message of hope is there available for us. But if we ignore the message, how do we expect to make it through? We got to pay attention to what God is telling us. It's morning is coming to church on Easter Sunday. Serving God. When you wake up till you go to sleep. It's a 24-7, 365 day relationship with the living God. Palm Sunday changes the environment. The truth is, we all have, we all should not escape if we ignore the great salvation. What more could God have done for us to show the way the cross was not hidden from sight? It was in plain view of those who passed by every week of the triumphant entrance and still remind in plain view of people today. Man, you see the cross back here. The cross is a reminder of what Christ has done for us. It's not just here just to look pretty at the display. You know what? Sometimes we look at the cross, it becomes a part of our landscaping, but it's more than that. It's hope for you and me. 
I can put this mic down and walk out the doors and, and never preach again. And it does, that does not change my relationship with the living God. I will still praise him. I will still worship him. And I will still serve him just as much. Just because I'm a preacher doesn't mean I'm just serving God. I serve God even when I'm outside of not being a preacher. He's just like you. It doesn't change the fact. Serving the Lord. One of the greatest privileges. Let me close with this. I know I've taken a few more minutes. Let me close with this. It's a story told of a missionary. He says like this. I heard of a story of a retired missionary that stopped by a church. She had served faithfully in Africa. And one day the shepherd, shepherd opponent happened upon a small baptismal service. A few missionaries took three new converts to the center of a shallow river and dug a hole in the sand so there could be enough water for the baptism. Even then, the new believers were forced to sit in the sand so there would be enough water to cover them for the important ceremony. The missionary telling the story showed what she expected. A few friends and a family members gathered to watch. And the missionary in the river raised his hand, repeated familiar scriptures before baptizing the converts. When the first convert came up out of the water, he began an exciting and joyful time of shouting. The quiet service was silent no more. The second convert did the same. The final convert also came up from the shallow water shouting for joy. Afterwards, the missionary watching the process asked about the unusual tradition. Why all the shouting? I haven't been able to completely communicate in this tribe language, said the young missionary. They heard the scripture I gave them, but they didn't understand the symbolic nature of it. When I told them they were, that they would be buried with him through baptism into death and rise to walk in the newness of life, they actually thought baptism will kill them. He laughed as he heard the story until the missionary froze him with his, with his look, with her look. Let me ask you a question, he said. If you thought baptism will kill you, you'd be willing to get out, get in the river. Finally, Jesus means to them that they realize if I'm going under the water and come back up, I'm alive in him. In other words, he didn't kill me. And they shouted because they realized they were still alive and well. Imagine that if it happens to us here on Sunday morning and, and, and they think, listen, I'm going to baptize you in water, but if you, I don't know if you're going to come back alive. You might be dead. Nobody will sign up. That's exactly what they thought. Listen, we serve the Lord following Jesus. Get up on your feet. Following Jesus means we recognize the royal nature of the one we serve. He's a good God. He's a good God. And on Palm Sunday, we need to celebrate his goodness. We need to celebrate this Sunday as he entered that city of Jerusalem church. He came to bring us hope. But we got to fix our eyes on Jesus.
with every head bowed and every eye closed, let me ask this question this morning. If you're here this morning, if you say, Pastor Carlos, I need to give my heart to Jesus. Maybe I need to rededicate my life to the Lord this morning. Maybe you're not walking where you should be walking with the Lord this morning. You say, I need to make things right with him. Everything that we do this morning leads to this moment. This is the moment that is so crucial right here. If you're here this morning, if you need Jesus in your heart, or you need to rededicate your, your heart to Jesus, if that's you, in a count of three, real quick, lift your hand where you're at. I'm not going to embarrass you, but I want, I want to I know how to pray for you. If that's you, in a count of three, lift up your hand. One, two, three. Lift up that hand up. Lift up that hand up. Anybody this morning, you need to serve the Lord. I see that hand. You can put him down. You can put him down. Thank you. Hallelujah. Anybody else? Quickly. Quickly. Praise the Lord. Maybe you're watching online. You need to give your heart to the Lord. You can comment right there and say, I need, I need Jesus. We'll make sure we pray for you. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this morning. Father, we praise you. We glorify you. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. Father, I pray you touch your congregation. Bless your people, Father. Bless them, Lord. Prepare us for this coming week, Father. Prepare us for Good Friday. Prepare us for Easter. Let us make it big, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.